the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's time for the Your Personal Bank Show with Parents Toast. In an era of chaos, confusion, and craziness, Parents is a voice for common sense. As a financial literacy educator, speaker, and entrepreneur, Parents cuts through the noise to help us understand how current events affect our money, economy, and our freedom. Now, here's Ferenc Stokes. Welcome to the Your Personal Bank Show. This is Ferenc. And the first thing I have to say is I want to thank the response that I have received from last week's show. I have had one of the uh, largest and most positive uh, <laughs> responses I've, I've heard probably in almost any show I've ever done. And if you missed it, I'm going to really encourage you to go to yourpersonalbank.com. That's my website. And you can listen to this or any of the previously recorded shows anytime you want. Each has its own topic, so you can listen to anything that's interesting. But I discussed last week how the difference, the division that we have in America is really not left, right, Republican, Democrat, or anything like that. The real division or the cause of that division, I should say, is the elites, the oligarchy versus everyone else. It's the insiders, the elites, the ones that are in charge or in power um, against the rest of us. And I have some additional information on this that will kind of further illuminate this this issue because, as I've stated this to many people since I've been sh- sharing this idea, that uh, the average American, the typical American, has far more in common, regardless of how how they vote or whatever, uh, they have far more in common than, say, a, a bureaucrat in Washington, for example. Most of us Americans have some pretty simple desires we want to be left alone. We want to raise our families, pursue our careers, businesses, whatever. We want secure. We want some safety, secure borders, for example, low crime. We want the government to do their job to allow us to pursue our lives and enjoy our freedoms relatively unimpeded. That's really what most people want. But, of course, your typical Washington bureaucrat, your oligarchy, your elites, the wealthy, etc. tend to, especially in these, these days, uh, that is exactly the opposite of what they want. They want more power, more control, more money. That's really what it boils down to. But I'll give you another example of the elites versus the rest of us, and it's this whole Maui fire disaster thing and Oprah. A lot of people have been really coming down hard on Oprah in particular, um, and I, I understand why, and it makes sense. So most recently, her and Dwayne The Rock Johnson have started a Maui fund that's quote-unquote supposed to help individuals in need um, from, from the Maui fires. Here's the problem. They, and they donated, or they didn't even donate. It doesn't, they pledged, it seems like. I don't know that they actually even donated, but they pledged $10 million. Now, they didn't give that to the victims of the Maui fire. What they did is they gave it to an outfit called the Indust- Entertainment Industry Foundation, which is a nonprofit organization, supposedly, quote-unquote, to set up the infrastructure so that people could give to the Maui victims. Now, of course, it's well known that Oprah is a billionaire. 
her giving $5 million is not a lot of money, for one thing, for her. Secondly, giving it to this um, nonprofit for quote-unquote infrastructure is fishy at best. And here's why I say that. First of all, and it's, this is public record, this Entertainment Industry Foundation, the president actually earns more than 400000 a year. The CEO earns over three hundred, and the CFO over almost 300000 And they have 29 additional people earning over 100000 a year. Thirteen executives in this organization earn $3.2 million. Average lower-level workers earn an average of something like $64,000. If you want to be a CEO of a company and you want to make over $400,000, that's, that's your business. I don't have an issue with that. But if you're part of a nonprofit supposedly involved in, in charitable work, I do not understand why you need to earn $400,000. In other words, this organization has to earn raise over $3 million just to pay their salary of their top 13 executives. On top of all that, why would Oprah, and here's a question I'd like to hear, I haven't heard asked yet. Why does Oprah and Dwayne The Rock Johnson need to give them $10 million to set up infrastructure? Aren't they already a entertainment industry foundation? Aren't, Aren't they not already charitable organization? In other words, the infrastructure is already in place to give and to donate I mean, what are they paying these people for to do? There's $3.2 million to pay 13 executives if there's not an infrastructure in place. Do they think we're that stupid? Now, obviously they do, of course. But you see, my point is, instead of being actually charitably or um, charitably inclined, we'll put it that way, it seems, I can't prove this one way or the other, but it sure seems fishy at best. Why would they give this $10 million to this organization and then encourage people to donate to this organization to help people in need? The $10 million could have been put far more effectively, efficiently. Let's say there was 1,000 families that were affected by the Maui fires. I I don't know the exact number, but let's just assume that for a minute. It's probably somewhere around that number that lost their homes and all that kind of good stuff. $10 million would equal equal $10,000 per person. You know, the federal government, last I heard, has given $700 of emergency assistance to these people. An extra ten grand would have definitely made a difference, I think, for a lot of these people. Certainly would, have not, would not have replaced their homes or anything like that. But ten grand in a time of need would have made a difference for a lot of people. But instead of giving it to these people, they have to give it to this organization, pays a lot of money to their executives, and already has an infrastructure in place. So again, I'm really confused about where this $10 million is going for infrastructure. You know, if I didn't know any better, and again, I can't predict this, but it sure seems to me like another instance of never letting a crisis go to waste and a way to, you know, reduce your tax liability or something like that and give yourself a, a tax deduction, which is fine. It's perfectly legal. But to make yourself look good and never and not actually accomplish anything. And if I was really being cynical, it looks to me like almost like a money laundering type of situation. I understand. I'm in the financial industry. I have taken money laundering courses. I've taken whole sections on that. It's required for my license. And I've gone beyond that and taken additional training in that area, being in the banking field. As you know, if you've heard from my shows, I was formerly on the board of a bank. We had to go through some money laundering training and such there. I've gone through a lot more of it than your typical financial person does. So I have an understanding of it. We'll put it that way. I'm not an expert by any means, but I have a fair, better understanding of it than more. 
most people. Like I said, I cannot say if it is or not, but it sure it sure smells like it, if you know what I'm trying to say. And so it's really irritating when people who are millionaires and billionaires go to average everyday folks trying to beg them for money and, and, and to help people in need who are genuinely in need, but don't really help them themselves or sure doesn't appear. They certainly are not helping them directly, and it feels like they're helping themselves more than anything. The other part of it that I find extremely fishy, and again, this is part of this elites, this oligarchy versus the rest of us, this attitude. I think this this whole situation with Oprah and the personifies this. Apparently, Oprah hired a private fire, firefighting or group shortly before the fires happened. Now, is that coincidence? I don't know. Can't prove that either way. May never know. But it's sure, again, it's just another red flag. It seems doesn't smell right. If you know what, it doesn't pass the smell test, right? But I'll give you another one that's even more direct. Apparently, Oprah owns a, something like a couple thousand acres in Maui. And, I, and last I've heard, I understand, she's not only not offered to allow people to stay on her land. Again, these people lost their homes. They lost everything. They need somewhere to stay, even if it's a set up some tents, right? They need shelter. She's not offered to allow any of them to stay on any of her property. In fact, my understanding from what I've heard is she's hired private security to keep people, to make sure people stay off of her property. Again, if you were charitably inclined, genuinely charitably inclined, wouldn't you offer or at least make the offer rather than hiring security to make sure people stay off your land if they were in need and maybe needed a place to pitch a tent, let's say? It's that kind of thing, that kind of attitude that, again, frustrates so many people and illustrates this whole idea of the oligarchy versus everyone else, the elites, the insiders. And again, those, those tend to be the people that are in media and in government and big business and academia. And I'm going to share some more things along this line, along with some solutions in this show as we go forward. But one last thing about Maui. Apparently, FEMA officials have been staying at some very posh five-star hotels, we'll put it that way, in Maui during recovery efforts. Apparently, some of these hotels are actually cost more per night the amount than the $700 that they've been giving in emergency assistance to the people that lost their homes. You lose your home through no fault of your own. There's a Maui wildfire. We've, we've discussed in previous shows the causes of that. Much of it was caused by government, and frankly, no, there can be no argument. There's lawsuits to this effect exacerbated by government decisions, in other words, made worse, you know, these people that are part of the government, the elites, if you will, they're spending more per night in hotels than what people get who lost their homes. Somehow that just doesn't add up. It just doesn't add up in my mind. It doesn't add up in most people's minds. So again, instead of focusing on the other side, left, right, Republican, Democrat, skin color, or, or anything else, or income, or anything like that, Maybe you should maybe instead should look at these people who are benefiting from this stuff or benefiting from the majority of people not paying attention to what they're doing while they're quietly grabbing more power, more control and more money. Now, until that happens, until a, a majority of Americans are educated, Thomas Jefferson and the founding fathers, many of them stated, you'll be able to hold on to this representative republic as long as you have an educated uh, population an educated citizenry. Until we get to that point, that's the, that's the ultimate solution, by the way. Have 51%, the majority, be educated and realize these people are not looking out for our best interests. 
They don't care about you and I. They're not there to help you or take care of you. Yet they don't. The one thing they want from you is for you to vote for them and support them and donate to their campaigns. Well, once you realize that that's not, they don't care, stop. Stop supporting them. Stop voting for them and start actually finding some people, some not politicians, but real people, Americans, average folks who are willing to go up there and represent us and represent our interests. That's the key solution. In the meantime, until that happens, you know, you want to navigate this chaotic situation we're in. And I'm going to share some financial stuff here in the next segment. So I'm going to encourage you to stay tuned that you're going to find, I think most people do not aware of, and you're going to find very interesting. I do believe things are going to get worse before they get better. I will also believe they can get better. But in the meantime, you want to navigate this chaos, guarantee your money, reduce market risk, reduce your taxes, increase your rate of returns. Yes, I said that. We have accounts that are increasing rates of return, guaranteed, safe, tax-free. And you want to increase the amount of liquid monies you have available to live on as as inflation continues to go on. Contact me at yourpersonalbank.com or 866-268-4422. And, yes, you'll get to talk to me, Ferent. So, again, it's yourpersonalbank.com or 866-268-4422. Stay tuned in the next segment. We're going to go into more of this. I think you're going to find it extremely interesting. Stay tuned for more Common Sense from Ferentz. For more information, contact Ferentz at 866-268-4422 or yourpersonalbank.com. That's 866-268-4422. Welcome back to the Your Personal Bank Show with Ferenc Toth. Want more information? Contact Ferenc at 866-268-4422 or yourpersonalbank.com. That's 866-268-4422. Now back to the show with Ferenc Toth. Welcome back to the Your Personal Bank Show. And as I was discussing already, discussing the difference about the oligarchy versus the average individuals, I also need to uh, share some economic information that I think I have not heard anybody really discuss many of these things yet. So this is extremely important. So one of the things I've been seeing is a lot of people have been sharing or, you know, the economists are saying, you know, our our economy is headed towards recession. It seems like it should have been there already. And it's, it's been delayed and delayed in the stock markets, although somewhat struggling aren't, you know, they're still, they're still really high, you know, asset prices with real estate are still really high, comparatively speaking, and all these things. Why has it not happened yet? And the, re- and the real answer really comes down to one thing. Consumer spending has been consistently strong for the last couple of years or so, and it's been the one bright spot in the economy. And consumer spending from a GDP standpoint is about two-thirds of GDP. In a previous show, I shared where GDP is really not the best measure of economic output. It's GO, general output. It's a far better one. And if you missed it, um, it's a couple of weeks ago I shared this. General output measures all all production, including business, you know, all the st- stages of production. For example, of a car, you know, a car is composed of many parts, the engine, the tires, the body, everything, right? Where GDP just counts the in- end result, the end vehicle, not all the parts in between. So GO, general output, is more than double GDP. Really count, and it really accounts for uh, business, um, uh, you know, business activity, business economic business act- activity, and that's down. By the way, it's down like nine percent the last two quarters. Okay, so that's a bad sign. 
another leading ec economic indicator of showing a weak economy, probably likely headed to or already in recession. But the one bright spot has been consumer spending. And from a GDP standpoint, as I stated earlier, consumer spending is about two-thirds of GDP. So it's a big chunk. Well, why has consumer spending been so strong? I've shared this on the show many times, not recently, but many times over the past couple of years, and it's this. The federal government helicoptered so much money into the economy, something like $6 trillion in about a year because of the COVID shutdown stuff. It takes time for that to percolate through the economy, for people to spend it, to use it, and all these types of things. Well, here's what the various economists are now saying, and the most recent one I have here, and I'll post this on our website at yourpersonalbank.com, but this is from the Federal Reserve themselves, and there's this from the San Francisco Federal Reserve, and their statement is, the title of the article is, U.S. households are on the brink with excess savings likely to be, to be depleted by month in, in other words, September 2023. Household savings had a record amount of savings, excess savings, excess monies, uh, over the past couple of years, and the the primary reason was, again, all this money being helicoptered into the economy by the federal government, by the Federal Reserve, all this excess spending. And let me give you a perfect example. So I work with a lot of uh, business owners, obviously. And I had one business owner, for example, who was sharing with me, his business was, for his sake, was affected by COVID, but not really negatively. He had about 15 employees that he wanted to keep. He had a long-term business, had been around for 20, 30 years. And he goes, Ferentz, here's the dirty little secret. I, I submitted for the PPP money because he qualified. He was wanting to keep his employees on staff. And he said, what happened? He got the $350,000, which for him was about a year's worth of payroll. And he goes, but my business wasn't, income wasn't really negatively affected. And so his point was, he said, the federal government just basically made my payroll for a year and paid that expense, expense for me. I didn't have my business, didn't have to pay it, which meant he had an extra 350000 in his pocket he had not seen before. He had done nothing wrong. He followed the rules. And in his case, he also was able to not have to pay it back. He qualified for all of that. So he got an extra three hundred fifty grand in his pocket. Well, he bought a new truck. He did some other things. He spent some of it, you know which is what normally did some things with his business, expanded, uh, upgraded some equipment, you know, that kind of stuff. So he spent some money in consumer spending, right? You take that times millions and millions of people, and you start to realize what's going on with the economy and consumer spending. Well, like the San Francisco Fed and others have stated, they the uh, best estimates they have is this excess savings is running out in September of 2023. If the one last bright spot in the economy is consumer spending, a big part of the strong consumer spending is a result of this excess savings that was helicoptered into the economy. What do you think is going to happen when these people run out of this extra savings? Well, they're going to stop spending the extra. That's the obvious conclusion. That will, that will also affect a lot of these businesses because the other part of that is we've had low low unemployment. Now there's arguments about this in terms of how the government counts unemployment. There's a lot of people that have just stopped looking for work cuz the government continues to pay them for not working. So the numbers are skewed, if you will, and I, that that is absolutely correct, but 
the reality is overall employment has been historically on the lower side. And the reason is, is because business is still good because people are still buying. Well, the consumer is not healthy anymore. The Again, we've seen this recently. Credit card debt has hit an all-time high. It broke $1 trillion. I saw another stu- several other studies showing that something like upwards of a third of ho- American households now today spending money, putting it on credit card or taking on debt, we'll put it that way, borrowing, make their basic living expenses. The average household is spending over $700 per month right now than they were two years ago on basic expenses. I'm talking about food, housing, clothing. That's because of the cumulative effect of inflation. I've said this many times on this show. Do not allow you to be confused. Allow the government or the media or whatever to make you think inflation is getting better. Yes, the rate overall increasing rate of inflation is lower. But the overall total amount of inflation is still high. The reason simple. It's basic math. Last year, we had record inflation numbers hadn't seen in 40-plus years. It got upwards of 9%. Well, when re- numbers are increasing so fast that you measure off the numbers from the previous year, again, the 2022 numbers were measuring off the 21 numbers, which were much, much lower, the rate of increase. Well, the 23 numbers are measuring off the high rate of increase. So your percentage of increase is lower. But if you're going up 7, 8, 9% in one year, and then let's say you're going up 4, 5, 6% the next year, you're still going up 15% or so combined total over two years. And the reality is those are the government numbers. The actual numbers, those are the ones they choose to, uh, choose to measure, choose to put out there. Remember, they take a basket of stocks. We've shared this on the show previously too, but... To help you understand the government inflation numbers, they choose a basket of, of, of commodities, things that people purchase. But the difference on how the government measures inflation today versus the 1970s, in the 1970s, they had a, a stated basket of, you know, like a, a loaf of bread, a gallon of milk, various different things that people buy, and it stayed static. It was the same. Well, today, each month or each quarter, whatever, the government decides amongst a large group, they pick and choose which items they put in the basket to then count towards inflation, the inflation numbers. Obviously, they choose the items that had less inflation over the previous month or the previous year to make the numbers look good. That's how they play with the statistics. The reality is, I've gone over this before in previous shows, food prices are up 20 to 30% over the last two years, depending on what type of food you're looking at. You know, airline prices are up something like airline tickets on average 40% over the last two years. Fuel is somewhere in the middle, around 30%, higher than it was two years ago. Cumulative total. In other words, every year as we continue to add more inflation, the cumulative total of increase gets worse and worse and worse, and it's going to start hurting people. Now, what do we do about this? This is going to cause some additional problems going forward that I do not believe a lot of people are discussing. Because the other issue we have going on that's fueling the inflation, or the main thing that's fueling the inflation, there's two things. Energy, which I'm going to get into in the next segment because I don't have time for that at the moment, but government spending. That one's easy. The government spending deficit is projected right now in 2023. The government is projected to spend $2 trillion more than they're bringing in. They're spending more. So when you're spending that kind of extra money, it has a negative impact, or it, it throws gas on the fire. It's like throwing fuel on the fire for inflation. 
that's going to contribute to further inflation, which is going to make the Fed's job harder to keep inflation down because the government is spending so much money. It's counterintuitive. Again, it's like throwing gas on a fire. And with that level of spending that we're seeing and continuing to see, and that level of debt, the, by the way, with over $32 trillion in debt, the interest payments alone with the higher interest rates are also starting to eat into what the government has to spend in terms of interest payments, which means less services available, less money available for government services, more of the money going towards debt payments, which also, because the federal government is the largest debtor in the world, the largest debtor in the history of the world, that will also continue to exacerbate or cause inflation uh, to be interest rates and inflation to be higher than normal. All these things contribute to that. What am, I, what am I trying to say? The bottom line is what I'm trying to get to is we need to expect higher inflation than normal for longer than expected. My prediction, if I had to bet on it, I would say easily we should expect higher interest rates and inflation. I would not be uh, surprised if we see it for the next two to five years, even possibly the next decade. Would not surprise me one bit. I'm going to get into in the next segment on some actions with energy policy that further will exacerbate interest rates and inflation, will, which will actually, in, in addition, contribute to this. What's the, what do you do? You need an interest, interest rate-sensitive asset. Your personal bank is one of those. It will thrive. It thrives in higher interest rate environment. In fact, that's one of the biggest questions I'm getting with clients now. Think about this a minute. A year or so ago, you could not get 1% in a bank. Today, you can get a 4 or 5% money market just in a year or so. That's a dramatic change in just a year. Your personal bank dividends also are on the rise and will continue to do so for the next several year, number of years, likely the next decade. Also, it's insured, guaranteed, and tax-free, which is another issue that we're going to need to address, I believe, as we go forward. So don't. So really consider it. Contact me at yourpersonalbank.com or 866-268-4422 for more information. Again, it's yourpersonalbank.com or, your, or 866-268-4422. And yes, you'll get to talk to me. Stay tuned in the next segment. I'm going to get into some energy policy that will help you understand why we're likely looking at more inflation ahead. Stay tuned for more common sense from Ferrans. For more information, contact Ferrans at 866-268-4422 or yourpersonalbank.com. That's 866-268-4422. Welcome back to the Your Personal Bank Show with Ferenc Toth. Want more information? Contact Ferenc at 866-268-4422 or yourpersonalbank.com. That's 866-268-4422. Now back to the show with Ferenc Toth. Welcome back to the Your Personal Bank Show. This is Ferenc. And, you know, I was sharing a lot of stuff in the last segment about inflation, where we expect it to be. Bottom line is, expect higher inflation for longer than most people think because of high debt, higher interest rates, et cetera, those kinds of things. But I, I hate to be a downer. <laughs> I'm not necessarily one of those. I'm usually a pretty optimistic person. But like I said, you just to ignore the realities of what's going on with all the leading ind economic indicators and all the things that are going on with the economy, it would just be a pure fool's errand. I would have to be just 
completely, well, I would just have to lie to you. And unfortunately, a lot of our, our, uh, main, our legacy media does that. It's a lot of propaganda these days. It's not actually, you know, they, they're telling you what, uh, uh, an agenda of what they want you to hear, what they want you to know. Look, I, I look at it this way. Nobody's telling me what to say. It's just coming from my heart. I'm just trying to be, use some common sense, some experience, and you, I want to treat people like big boys and girls. If we've got something coming down the pike, which I believe we do, you know, I would rather know about it so I can prepare it, prepare for it, and deal with it and make the correct decisions, intelligent decisions accordingly, rather than be so, than you know placating or lying to me just to make me feel better or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Treat me like an adult is what I'm trying to say. But let me share another reason why I believe we're, we're in for it's going to get worse before it gets better as far as the economy goes, recession, interest rates, all of those things. And then, then again, I'll get into some solutions. Senator Manchin and others are now torching Biden, Biden for banning oil drilling across millions of acres. And as he states, this is uh, – this is Manchin, Senator Manchin. This is an assault on our economy. So apparently DOI, the Department of Interior, has ensured maximum protection for 13 million acres of land across the NPR, which is in North Slope, Alaska. Essentially, they've shut down all fossil fuel production in the Arctic. This will have, this will harm our economy. This will harm our energy security. This will harm our country. Uh, it, this is a national security issue, it's an ec- and it's also an economic issue. By canceling these leases, it removes acreage for future sales. It, re- it, will, it will increase the cost of fuel. And let me use this as an example. Let's just say your cost of trans- just about everything we purchase in the grocery store, for example, that's a simple one, is, is shipped by truck. More than once, typically. I've used this example before, but I'm going to do it again. It's been about a year. Let's just take a loaf of bread. Just a real simple example of that. Well, obviously, a farmer has to plant wheat, right, which is usually planted by a tractor, which uses fuel. And then usually he has to, like, plow the field, plant the field, and then harvest. So he's probably running over that field several times throughout a season just to produce that wheat. Well, once he harvests that, it's usually put into a truck and taken to a facility or grain elevator, maybe to store for a while. Then from there, it's going to be shipped by truck or train, typically, which, again, more fossil fuels, to a, a, a processing plant or whatever to create, turn it into flour, right? From there, it's usually shipped by truck or train to a bakery, a commercial bakery, to make the bread. And then, again, from the, from the wholesale or commercial bakery, it's shipped typically by truck to the grocery store. And then, of course, you, the consumer, in consumer, typically drive to that grocery store using fossil fuels to pick up that bread and take it home. In other words, that loaf of bread has gone through three, four, five different trips in the process of creating it, all of them relying on fossil fuels. Let's just say the cost of that bread, the cost of the transportation for that loaf of bread was 10%. It's probably that or more. I don't know. But let's just assume that for a minute. Well, if you double the cost of fuel, the transportation cost, you're going to increase the cost of that bread by another 10%. Might be 20%. And I stated earlier, we're already seeing bread is up 20, 30% from two years ago due to inflation and other reasons. 
So now you're talking about adding probably another 10% cost on that same loaf of bread, all within a two- or three-year period. But, folks, it gets worse. The EPA, so this is a multi, is now um, put in regulations that would be catastrophic for the food supply. And here's what they're doing. They're putting out new emission standards that are significantly more stringent on heavy-duty engine operations. Now, this is gonna, it's going to affect more than 95% of trucking companies in the United States. In essence, it's going to force them to go to electric trucks for the most part, which, as these trucking companies point out, are two to three times more expensive. If this country, if we allow this to continue, the economic situation that we're looking at will become even more and more dire. Let me give you one more thing on energy. The Biden administration also has quietly reversed Trump-era rules that ban transporting fossil fuels by train. If you ban that, you increase the cost of shipping the fossil fuels. Now, I agree. Shipping it by uh, pipeline is the most efficient and cheapest way to move fossil fuels. But what what did Biden do on the first day in office? He shut down the Keystone Pipeline and 10 other pipelines, by the way. That doesn't get a lot of attention in the media. On one hand, they're shutting down the pipelines. On the other hand, they're shutting down the ability for for um, trains uh, to ship uh, liquefied natural gas. They're causing truckers, trucking uh, EPA is ta- causing trucking companies to more than double their cost of trucks by forcing them into more electric trucks with far far shorter ranges and far higher costs, which is going to significantly increase the cost of transportation. And they're cutting the overall ability for oil and gas leases straight up altogether. I mean, just banning it outright. The combined effects of all this stuff, serious bad news for our economy, folks. And I've stated this over and over again, but no one can argue this fact. Higher energy prices affect the poor the most. The poorer a person is, the more it affects higher energy prices affect them. If you're for green energy and higher energy, you want higher fossil fuel prices so that green energy overtakes it, you are against poor people. Full stop, period. There's no two ways about it. And the very thing that separates first world economies from third world economies, the number one thing is inexpensive, abundant, consistent sources of energy. That's why they're attacking us there, because that is the weak spot. Again, the majority of Americans need to wake up to this fact that this will cause economic havoc and chaos in our economy unless it gets turned around. And again, the only way I see any of this really getting turned around is a different administration, a reduction of the bureaucratic state, the deep state, whatever you want to call it. That is the only solution. Thankfully, we have an election coming up in 2024. I do believe we have an opportunity to turn this around, but I think the time to do that, the window is closing. If another four years of this kind of policy, energy policy, etc., is allowed to continue, my prediction is we'll see economic havoc that we have not seen in our lifetimes. And I'm talking in 20, starting in 2025. This is not that far down the road. Now, what to do in the meantime? Again, diversify. Have some of your portfolio guaranteed because 
some of the problems that we're seeing with the uh, with the stock markets that have not been doing so well this past year. There's some reasons behind it, which I'm going to get into in the next segment because I'm running against a hard break. But I'm going to share something that the Federal Reserve is doing that almost nobody knows about, yet it's public record. And I'm going to share this. I've shared it before, but I haven't recently. And this will be very eye-opening, again, to help you understand what's really going on and help you make good economic decisions. And you're going to better understand why you want to diversify, have some guaranteed monies, have some monies that are liquid, highly accessible, and tax-free. Your personal bank will do that. Contact me at yourpersonalbank.com or toll-free 866-268-4422. Yes, you'll reach me, yourpersonalbank.com or 866-268-4422. Stay tuned in the next segment because I'm going to share something the Federal Reserve is going to do that will absolutely open your eyes. Stay tuned for more Common Sense from Ferrans. For more information, contact Ferrans at 866-268-4422 or yourpersonalbank.com. That's 866-268-4422. Welcome back to the Your Personal Bank Show with Ferenc Toth. Want more information? Contact Ferenc at 866-268-4422 or yourpersonalbank.com. That's 866-268-4422. Now back to the show with Ferenc Toth. Welcome back to the Your Personal Bank Show. This is Ferenc. And uh, we've been discussing a lot of things today. I've been covering a lot of a lot of information and not all it's so so good, obviously, but I think, again, as I stated before, I'd rather share with you what's going on. You can make decisions and, and make better decisions if you understand what's really going on uh, because, hey, we're big boys and girls here, right? We can handle it. So let me share something with you that I have not seen anybody that I can think of discuss, and that's the Federal Reserve. One of the things that's going on is a lot of people are trying to understand why is the stock market not, you know, the economy is okay, not that great. I discussed in a previous segment where the uh, consumer spending has been strong. It's been the pretty much the lone bright spot, but that's quickly fading. The excess savings, the typical consumer, uh, according to the San Francisco Fed, in fact, is stating they're going to run out of that by September of 2023. <laughs> we're, we're there, Okay. So if the consumer spending starts getting weaker, our economy's toast. I mean, that's the only bright spot we've had. Everything else is pointing negative. But one of the things that's going on with the stock market in particular is the Federal Reserve. One of the things, they're doing two things at the same time that are counterproductive to each other. On one, they're raising interest rates. We all know about that. They're raising interest rates. They're very public about that. And the whole whole idea behind that, of course, is to reduce, they're trying to uh, reduce inflation. And they've had made some progress in that area, to be fair. We have, I discussed where the cumulative inflation totals are still very high and not good. Uh, the rate of increase has certainly slowed down, but the total cumulative totals are not good. It continues to increase. And if you're still increasing at, say, 3 4 5%, that's still more than double to triple their stated goal of 2%. By the way, I haven't, my argument is, why is 2% inflation good? What, who is it good for? Actually, that's a better question. Do you realize that even at a 2% inflation rate, that is not good for the average American? Everything just tends, in 20 years, everything costs twice as much. Try retiring on that. Try to retire for 20 years and find out 20 years later, everything's double. 
it's good for, again, as we talked about in this in the beginning of the show, the oligarchy, the ones that are in charge, the ones that want to spend the money, the government, if they want to borrow and spend more, it's, it's good for there always to be an in, increasing inflation rate. It benefits them. That's why they think it's good. And they've unfortunately, sadly, have convinced the majority of American people that 2% inflation is a good thing. Folks, it's not. It's not. It's good for the government. It's not good for the average individual. But that's a whole different argument. Clearly, 3 4 5% or more is definitely no good for the average individual. But the other thing that's going on behind the scenes, very quietly, that the Federal Reserve's doing, and, and like I said, if you've been listening to this show, you know I was on a bank board, so I have some understanding on the banking side that a lot of financial folks don't. It's a whole different animal, folks. But it's the asset, the total assets that the Federal Reserve has. And here's where you can go. So I'm going to bring the receipts here. If you go to the if you go to Fred St. Louis Fed.org. So you go to the 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 Fred Economic Data Data. Ugh. Again, it's F R E D Fred dot org, and you go in their search bar and you uh, type in total assets. This is the assets that the Federal Reserve holds. Now, the total assets that they held held at the peak approached about a year or so ago approached nine trillion dollars. Now, this is important to understand, folks. This is, they're the 800-pound gorilla. And when I say assets that the Federal Reserve holds, what they're buying primarily is securities, stocks, and mortgage-backed uh, mortgage securities or bonds, mortgage-backed bonds. So with the Fed, you know, in 2022, with the COVID shutdowns, they purchased trillions and trillions of dollars of this stuff. They nearly doubled their balance sheet. My point is the risk is there. Asset prices are still at historically high levels, and based on what the Federal Reserve is actually doing, is very likely to go, continue to go down, have a downward push for some, several more years. Well, my my recommendation often for folks is if you don't want to continue to ride that wave down, so to speak, you don't want to fight the Fed, which is generally a good idea not to fight the Fed, why not get at least a portion of your portfolio into something with guarantees, tax-free, guaranteed, tax-free, liquid. You can access it anytime you want, so you can take advantage of opportunities. And has an increasing dividend because, again, with higher interest rates and higher inflation that I, we are very likely going to see, the Fed themselves have stated they're not planning to lower rates anytime before the end of 2024 at this point. And they're, plant, they're stating they're going to raise rates probably once or twice more in 2023 before we're done. So interest rates clearly are going to be higher than normal for at least the next 18 months or more. You have increasing dividends going on with the personal bank policies. You have access to the money, again, 50 to 90% day one. You can access it you know, anytime you want if you need it or you see an opportunity. Again, you can reduce your taxes, you can reduce your risk, and you have the opportunity to create positive arbitrage, which means you can actually earn interest on money you spent and used for other purposes going forward every year for the rest of your life. And look, if that doesn't make sense to you, you don't understand that, I'm going to strongly encourage you to go to yourpersonalbank.com. Go to my website, and you'll see on there, what is your personal bank? How does it work? And I have interviews with bankers and using the the cash value and the policy to, to and using bank lines of credit 
to access the funds from it. And they do a great job of explaining how this works, how this tool works, how often institutional investors, banks, wealthy individuals and families and such have used this tool for decades and decades. This isn't a new idea, folks. But the reason I'm really stressing it so much is I do believe strongly, firmly, that we are dealing with some economic uncertainty ahead, given depending on what direction this country decides to do, politically speaking, and with energy policies and et cetera, we could easily be heading to some economic chaos ahead. Do I believe that we're going to see a total collapse? No, I don't believe that because eventually I do believe at some point things will get bad enough for enough people that they will vote accordingly. I still believe that. We'll see what happens. But my point is it's very clear that the next two years are going to be rough, likely much rougher and get worse economically. And again, depends on depending on what happens in the 2024 election cycle, 2025 could get far worse. Again, if you have money available, liquid, guaranteed, you didn't ride the wave down, for example, tax-free, liquid, available, access, easy access to it. You can get the money within 24 hours, okay? Therefore, if you see an opportunity, you can then pull the trigger and take advantage of it because that's the one last thing I want to leave you. The positive is this. In economic change, there's winners and losers. Opportunities will present themselves. And if you didn't ride the wave, the roller coaster, like everyone else, or most everyone else does, you don't have to participate is what I'm trying to say. You can have your money available, dry powder, if you will, and be able to take advantage of those opportunities. So as always, I'm going to encourage you to contact me at yourpersonalbank.com or call me directly 866-268-4422. Yes, you will reach me. I will be happy to talk to you. Again, it's yourpersonalbank.com or 866-268-4422. And as always, stay tuned to the Your Personal Bank Show for some more awesome information to help you make great financial decisions. And as long as it's on our money, in God we trust. Listen Tuesdays at noon and Saturdays at 1 to the Your Personal Bank Show for more information. Contact Ference at 866-268-4422 or yourpersonalbank.com. That's 866-268-4422. This show is designed to provide accurate and authoritative information. The presenter and guests of this program do not engage in legal, accounting, or tax advice. Professional advice regarding your situation should be sought if required. Some products discussed may have limitations and not be available in all states. Excessive unpaid loans may affect performance. Distributions may become taxable if not managed properly. Replacements may not be suitable for everyone. There may be charges when replacing coverage. Dividend rates and bank line of credit rates may change. For current rates, contact Ference at 866-268-4422 or yourpersonalbank.com. Again, that's 866-268-4422 or yourpersonalbank.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.